Warning. 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 It's the Police Officers Association of Michigan podcast radio show, recorded live in our studios in Redford, Michigan. Home is a full-service labor organization formed to provide every labor-related service from negotiations, grievance processing, legal and legislative representation to Act 312 arbitrations. as to how we, why we get involved in politics, uh, how, what the political leanings are of the POAM. I'm very proud to say that, uh, and I believe both parties would say, would acknowledge this, that we are nonpartisan, uh, whereas some organizations, you know, I'll, you know, as I'll say, the MEA, the UAW, and some of the others are very along party lines. They always endorse the same party. That's never been the case with the POAM because we represent members in 83 counties. We represent members in 550 communities. So consequently, we don't have an all-Democrat crowd or an all-Republican crowd. And because votes and legislation are done in Lansing and in Washington by members that are elected there, we need to have both parties endorse this. You have 110 state reps. If you can't get 56 votes, you don't get anything done. And it's pretty rare that you're going to be able to get all of either party. So we have, over the years, been one of the highest, if not the highest, percentage of winning candidates. And that's because we have both parties. Uh, Obviously, in this state, you're going to have 50% if you're going all one party or the other. But we've always done the party that was best for our members, for our type of work. Uh, After all, that's what we do. And, uh, And we are very highly demanded up there in Lansing and in Washington, D.C. They want to know what the POM is doing, and I'm proud of that. We've grown from a, from a small group of people to being one that actually has a powerful voice there. So what happened back in 2016? I mean, because people are now asking me, well, geez, how do you decide to endorse, say, a, a candidate, John James, or or the, the re-election of the president, Donald J. Trump? And I'll take you back to 2016 when uh, you had... Uh, the uh, the candidates were uh, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, who was far and wide the, the assumed to be winner, and uh, he'd already gone through a primary of twenty some other Republicans, mostly elected people, governors, senators, congressmen, and uh, and here he was, uh, you know, we all knew him from uh, television. So why did that happen? Well, we we watched it, we listened to it, we listened to the camp. The, the, the debates, we listened to the campaigns, we listened to what they said. And on the other side, you had a, you had quite a battle going on, too, with uh, 
you know, with the, the, the further left group of uh, Democrats challenging Hillary Clinton. So it was very interesting, unlike most years in the past where you sort of had a declared winner in the start. This was one where you actually had choices to make, and we watched it very closely. And I'm, I'm, I'm proud, and sometimes, sometimes it creates a disturbance in our office, but we actually have a very bipartisan office. Uh, unlike what you might expect, uh, our, we have some very healthy debates about who we're going to endorse, who we think about, uh, who we like or don't like. And it's been that way for years. And, and I'll go start with the, uh, with the Donald Trump endorsement, which, looking back, uh, we were the first statewide organization, and at that time, I believe the only law enforcement organization nationally to endorse Donald J. Trump. We did it at our convention in May of 2016, so that was pretty early in the process. Uh, it was He was declared to be the Republican candidate, but it was still pretty early in the process, and uh, he actually did a video for us that we played at the convention that year, thanking us. And I thought that that was kind of interesting, but I want you to know where this kind of came from, because we do have members that are very Democrat and members that are very Republican. It's not an all or nothing. It's not like I said, some other professions out there. We have people on both sides, too. So it's important that we do what's best for our members, even though it might anger some of them. And in this particular case, uh, Hillary Clinton had said far and wide in uh, this message was declared right to us that that she thought uh, what needed to be done when they're asking what what can they do for us well she didn't really ask us that what she said is uh, what you need to do is we need to change the culture of policing and I remember wondering what that meant exactly and as it turns out it was the line I haven't forgotten was it's unfortunate that some people are more afraid of a police car in their neighborhood than they are of a strange car and I man, I grew up on the east side of Detroit. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember ever fearing a police car more than a strange car. I mean, I wasn't always afraid of a strange car, but I never was afraid of the police car. And I thought that was odd because it seemed to me that the onus was being put on the police to change what they do, uh, not for the legislature to get involved, not for anybody else to do it, but that it was our fault that people were that way. While I know some people have had bad examples or bad experiences uh, with police, uh, let's look at the logic. Most of the time in your life, most 40-year-old people, if they've ever had a conversation with a law enforcement officer, it was when they came out of the mall and their car was gone, or they came home and their back door was kicked in, or their mom and dad got into a fight, or they were fighting with their brother, or alcohol was involved and there was a, you know, a bad experience. Or you're driving, uh, you know, 40 and a 25, and you get uh, those angry red and blue lights behind your car. So in your lifetime, if that's been your only experience with the police, it's pretty hard to go back and say, yeah, you know, geez, that guy was really nice. I mean, I hope he was nice, but it might not have been a good day for you. So we don't get to change those things. We, we don't get to change that part of the culture. So for us, when we met with Donald Trump, his question was, what can I do for you? And he'd made it quite clear that he was a law enforcement supporter, that he was a supporter of our military, he was going to rebuild the military. And, and most of our members, a lot of them are active military, either in the National Guard or in the Reserves, and many have been uh, deployed, and some are right now. And because of that, the military to us is an arm of the police, and the police is an arm of the military. 
uh, we're actually all trying to make it so that you can rest carefully in your home and you can play with your kids in the park, whether it be fighting overseas or fighting in this country or, or being in the neighborhood when you need us. So we had a lot in common, and what he wanted to do was uh, the previous uh, re, uh, president had taken away surplus military equipment from us, uh, where everybody thought that those armored personnel vehicles were actually arms. They were not. They didn't have guns. They were used to save people's lives. They were used to protect officers and protect people. Those all got taken away from us. We had literally hundreds of officers north of, say, Lapeer County that got rifles that were surplus military rifles uh, to carry in their cars. Uh, these are guys that patrol 700 square miles by themselves many evenings. So they have rifles now, and those were all taken away. Those were given by George W. Bush, and they were taken away by by the next president. And, and I have to say that uh, Donald J. Trump says those need to be restored. Those are things that are sitting there in surplus, and if you can use them and you can use them properly, you should have them. Back into the Gary Peters, John James thing, while well, we go back to 16, uh, no, John James or John James didn't run in 16, he ran in 18. But Gary Peters was our was our senator, and I want to tell you, we like Gary Peters. We've, we've known Gary Peters for, I'm going to say, 20 years or more, and we we supported him in many local races. Uh, he's he's a Michigan guy. He's actually not, you know, doesn't come from far from our office. So he's a guy that we've we've always met in Washington two three times a year. Always been welcome there, and uh, and and like him as a person. Uh, but what's what seems to have happened now is this concern about. Uh, Qualified immunity, the concern about you know police unions and uh, how police work is done. Again, it becomes the police department's fault. So I put a thing on the website that asked uh, Senator Stabenow, Senator Peters, and candidate James where they stood on some of these issues. And without going into details on the others, you can find their answers on the line on on the POM.net. Well, John James was clearly a, a guy that supported what we do. He doesn't want to cover up what we do. He doesn't want to make bad people good people. He wants to do the right thing. But this is a guy that understands chain of command. He understands uh, the need to uh, to do with the job, and uh, he was clearly on the side of the law enforcement. And back in 2018 when he ran against Senator Stabenow, we took a lot of hits from our members because we didn't endorse him then. And we did endorse Senator Stabenow, which I think just – helps you understand the difference between our party and our, our union and some others. But being being involved is very, very important in Lansing and in Washington, D.C., and I feel like POM is the voice of Michigan law enforcement, and I think that all the elected candidates would, uh, would agree with that. So it's very important that we do it. Standing in the middle of the road will just get you run down. We don't do that. We make decisions. They're tough calls. And we uh, we know we risk sometimes making some people angry, but we're just glad you're watching. We're glad you're reading, and we're are hopeful that you know that we have your interests in mind. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to another edition of the POAM podcast radio show. I want to remind you that each and every month you can find every single podcast online on Apple iTunes. Just search for POAM. They're also available for download or for live listen on our website. Visit us at POAM.net. Get on our newsletter and send us all of your comments and suggestions for future shows.